Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the ENS Villa podcast sponsored by Adoption at Heart. My name's Johnny Drury and as always I'm joined by Villa correspondent and chief sports writer Matt Mayer. Now Matt, you swapped uh, swapped Villa for the Super Bowl last week. You're over in the in the US. How was your how was your trip? How was your time away? Yeah, it was really good. Um I didn't actually go to the Super Bowl because uh I haven't got six thousand dollars <laughs> to uh spend on a ticket. Uh but uh, as a big, you know, fan of the Cincinnati Bengals, um, we went. Me and my friend went to Cincinnati to to watch the game, which we we always said we'd do if if the Bengals got to the Super Bowl. Which you know was frankly a a fairly uh, empty statement because uh, for many years because um, they've been one of the worst teams in the league <laughs> consistently. Um, so I've never actually thought it would happen, but there you are. So it was it was great, apart from the last. Uh, 90 seconds of the game um, still not over it to be honest a week on um, <laughs> sorry to bring it up if you think the <laughs> Premier League Premier League referees are, well no I mean you know it's, if you think the Premier League referees are bad you want to see uh, some of the officiating in the NFL but uh, but no it was really good uh, but it also meant that I, I missed uh, Villa's trip to trip to Newcastle um, but apparently, he didn't miss miss very much from uh, from the reports that I that I read on the game. And then uh, on Saturday, I think I saw pretty much the same, or very similar performance anyway against uh, against Watford. So um, so yeah, uh, a few problems for for Villa at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you've come back come back to the UK storms and, and two 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 Villa defeats really, obviously. And just from from reading. Um, obviously, the, the the about the Newcastle defeat, and then obviously on Saturday, like you said, there, you know, it seems to be pretty much the same stuff. I know, just looking back at our podcast a couple of weeks ago, it was quite upbeat and bright, and we were talking about sort of excitement, and I think it was on the back of the three-three draw with with Leeds and a couple of good results before that, um, and quite the contrast really today, Matt. Obviously, the defeat at Newcastle, and then Saturday, which you know has caused quite frust- frustrations really for for fans and, and, and for Steven Gerrard with his sort of comments after the game. So it's uh, a little bit of a, a different outlook compared to a couple of weeks ago. Absolutely. Well, I think the, the, you know, the 3-3 draw against Leeds was not a perfect performance. Um, we did say that. Now, that being said, I, I did expect Villa to to push on from there and instead they've gone backwards in the, these last two games. Uh, failed to score in either of them. Um, which is a concern in itself against two of the you know kind of the, the leakiest teams or leakiest defenses in the league against Newcastle and Watford and and you know more concerningly they haven't really looked like scoring um, you know they they're kind of they're playing the final third which has been a, a general theme under Gerrard you know the final pass um, you know the the kind of uh, fluency just the finesse the the uh, kind of uh, you know the killer killer edge just kind of isn't there um, in, in in the final third, um, and you know they've they've conceded you know sloppy goals in in both games, and, and to be fair, they've been conceded sloppy goals all season, and it's just kind of you know these these two games have um, kind of changed the, the outlook really. Whereas you know if, they, if they'd have won both games, you'd have said you know they're they're looking up. Uh, well, they'd have been in the top half of the table and looking, you know, to kick on towards a top half finish. You know, outside chance perhaps of, um, you know, putting in a challenge for the for the European places. Um, but but that's gone now, and and kind of the main concern perhaps 
that's a slight concern at the minute, but but definitely there is is what's going on beneath them in the table, and you know the the uh, the onus now or the, the primary objective is to um, is to ensure they don't get sucked into a into trouble at the bottom, which um, you know is not beyond the realms of possibility if they continue to turn in performances like they have in the last two weeks. Yeah, it's, it seems seems madness to think that you know. We're sort of talking like that, considering how things were a couple of weeks well, ago. Just... Well, I think it's look. They're nine points clear of the bottom three, but they're ten points clear of Burnley, who have two games in hand. Yeah. So if Burnley win one of those games, it's seven. Villa still have to play Burnley twice, and I think the over the the, the kind of the the issue at the minute is that having watched them against, um, you know, well, I think first you look at the fixture list. And that they had in Newcastle, Watford, Brighton, and Southampton. Southampton yeah. You know, and you, you say, well, you looked into that, and it was well, three out of four of those, three out of those four teams are beneath them in the table. Well, actually, Southampton are above them now. Actually, yeah. five points clear of Villa um, because they've won their last two games. Um, and these the next two games against Brighton and Southampton um, don't look too, you know, suddenly look a lot tougher than they did perhaps a couple of weeks ago. Um, then they go to Leeds um, and again, you know, drew 3-3 with them a couple of weeks ago. But then it's West Ham and it's Arsenal and it just gets a bit tougher. So, look, I think Villa will have too much, have too much quality really to, to get to get dragged into a dogfight. But, you know, they, they, they can't afford to, to relax and... I think one of the the issues of the weekend was that I mean Stephen Gerrard said after the game, look, we need to wake up. The problem was he'd said that before the game as well. Yeah. You know, uh, let's not. Your you comments know, interest as well, Matt. I think you used the word sleepwalking as well, which was you know sleepwalking no, into trouble almost. No, I, I didn't use that. Oh, uh, that might be, might be think, someone else. I think that was the headline. Oh, I think that was the headline. I didn't use the word kind of sleepwalking, but but I think you know you can. Yeah, you could you could argue that that you know yeah. they kind of seem a bit. Um, yeah, they're, they're perhaps um, not quite, you know, kind of a bit bit complacent, uh, yeah. maybe. I, I mean, I didn't sense they were complacent on Saturday, um, you know, but 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 I thought they, um, you know, they were just a, just a bit kind of slapdash in in kind of in their approach in the in, in the final third, and um, you know, there, there was a few times you know, they weren't too bad in the first half. Um, and you know they were, they were, it was almost there, and you and you felt they just had to stay patient. But they, you know, they didn't really do that. And and you know the, the changes that the, the head coach made, Steve Gerrard, in the second half didn't really help the team either. So um, you know Villa just kind of got outmanoeuvred really on Saturday. Um, and you know I think I think I think the underlying issue here is that you know this is a, a squad that's been assembled now at considerable expense. And a squad that at the start of the season um, was set the target. Dean Smith was set the target of, of, of a top eight finish. Um, well, they're nowhere near that, and and you have to start to wonder why. Um, you know, it, it, you know, this, it's a club making. A, you know, Villa are a club that are making a lot of statements off the field with their, you know, their signings, their their, their spending. Uh, you know, their the ambitions that have been stated. At, you know, by players, management, club hierarchy. Um, but they're falling short, so you know you, you have to start to to want to question question why, and 
you know they've they've lost a lot of games this season. They've lost thirteen out of out of twenty four games. Um, and going back, to, you know, to over over the last twelve months, they've lost nineteen out of thirty nine. Um, you know, Premier League games. I mean, look, they are a, you know, they're a bottom half side. Uh, they're in the bottom half of the table at the minute. I mean, you know, the players will say, look, we're capable of more. We're disappointed. Well, at some point, you've got to prove it, haven't you? And the longer yeah. they go on you know not proving it then the more you start to approach the conclusion that actually they're just not that good and 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 maybe the club isn't as far forward as it perhaps thought it was yeah absolutely in terms of um in terms of sort of just reading through your I was looking for your player ratings and just reading about the game as well you know in terms of attacking wise um attacking wise Matt seems like sort of Coutinho and the likes have, have just sort of stumbled obviously stumbled on Saturday I know you weren't there against Newcastle but well, just I think, I think a little bit I think Coutinho lacking something. Um, I think you know Coutinho didn't have his best game on Saturday um, though I thought they I thought they started brightly actually you know and, 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 and let's be honest they should have had a penalty in the first two minutes I, I, I do not understand how that wasn't a penalty Um Oh, and, and I don't know. I understand how, how VAR has, has, has decided it wasn't. I mean, some of the penalties I've seen given this season, both for and against Villa. I mean, you know, we all know your views on VAR, Matt. Well, if there's any consistency. <laughs> well, I th- you know, I just think the referee should have given it. The referee should give that, you know, straight off anyway. And, and if, if the referee doesn't give it, then VAR should um, should intervene. Um, it was very strange, um, but yeah. Um, it just isn't quite working at the minute and and up front and and it hasn't been it's you know that they, they were close you know they were they, they were you know that they, they, they were a number of times in the first 20 minutes when the um you know it was an inch or two here or there where the pass just didn't quite you know get past the defender um you know you felt they weren't a million miles away but and you just thought well just stay patient here because Watford don't want to attack um, you know, there's there's no, there's not, they're, they're clearly here to, you know, they, to keep a clean sheet first and foremost. So just stay patient and, you know, keep moving the ball around and, you know, you can tie the opposition out. But Villa just seem to lose heart um, alarmingly quickly. And, and, and you do wonder, and particularly when you look at the amount of games that they've lost, you know, you do start to wonder about the mentality um, of the side overall. I mean, because, you know, they I mean, I don't know how many crosses they put into the box, the Watford box on, on Saturday, um, a lot. <laughs> it would have been a lot. Um, and yet Watford score was perhaps the first cross that they put into Villa's box or, or one of the first crosses they put into the Villa's box in the 78th minute. Um, you know, it's, um, it would suggest that Villa were just a, a bit too easy to score against because that was only Watford's third, third serious attack of the game. And the other two have been counter-attacks, um, you know, which happened when Villa lost possession while on the attack. So, yeah, you do you do start to ask a few questions now of of of, uh, of the mentality of of these players, and and you know, do do they have what it takes? Because if if you want to, you know, if you want to challenge in the in the top half, if you want to be a top half team, then you have to win more often than you. And you lose, and you have to you have to be able to grind results out. Now, we've seen Villa do that at stages this season. 
doing it as if we've seen them put in some some really encouraging performances but they seem unable to to follow it up and you know the consistency so you know to coin the to coin the cliche you know consistency is key you know that that's what sets up the yeah. that's what you know separates the you know the good teams from the from the bad really um you know um every player in the premier league is capable of having a, of having a brilliant game on his day but you know the best ones do it week in week out and you know, you do start to wonder now about this this Villa side, or some of the players in this Villa side, or whether, you know, whether they've really got what it takes um, for for where this you know this club says it wants to go to. Yeah, and notes on the lineup as well. You know, I think we we referenced Ollie Watkins a couple of weeks ago. I know Danny Ings came in um, or has come into the side, and Gerard's mixed it up. Do you think he has got attacking options? Do you think he knows his best front? Line front three, Matt. Um, is that well, an issue? At all? I think you know. He, I think he's, he's probably going to. He's probably got more options. He's got more options now than he did when he when he first came in. Uh, when I think Ings was out injured or just been out injured, and Leon Bailey. Oh, Leon Bailey got injured just after he after he come in. Actually, um, you know, I thought actually Danny Ings was one of the, the more you know, say positive on on Saturday. I thought he was quite bright in the first half, and I thought there seemed to be more understanding. Uh, between him and uh, Amy Buendir and Philip Coutinho, than there perhaps has been with when Ollie with Ollie Watkins and, and those two. Um, you know the movement early on was was really good. Um, you know, and it did feel in the first fifteen twenty minutes that it was only a matter of time until you know Villa found that killer pass and made the breakthrough. But I mean, it just never arrived. Um, you know, it. Um, yeah, but. But I do think you know that he, he seems very fixed in you know at Rangers he, he was you know fixed in this this kind of setup of playing two kind of number tens split wide and he's got those in Buendia, Coutinho behind the striker. Um, you do wonder these last couple of weeks whether you know teams have started to suss this out. Yeah, uh, a bit, and whether it does need a bit of change, change of approach. You know, that said, in the second half, um, you know, he he switched things quite early on before the hour mark. Took off Douglas Louise, uh, bought on Watkins, um, you know, and, and played a very attacking formation. Um, I mean, that's, you know, that that's been put to claim. You know, p- perhaps that was the point where you know Villa did start to lose it a bit because you know they lost that you know element of solidity in midfield I mean that said Louise was having a particularly poor game and he's had a pretty underwhelming season um, so I don't I, I thought the, the idea of taking him off you know was probably the right one um, whether it should have been another attacker who came on or just perhaps you know give him Morgan Sanson or even Carney Chukwamaker um, a, a go um, might have been the the better option at that stage, rather than going quite as attacking as um, as Villa did. Um, you know, this is I mean, this is another element now. I mean, Steve, Stephen Gerrard, in, you know, in his managerial career, has not had a run like this. You know, one winning yeah. you know, games. He didn't have that at Rangers. Um, and look, you know, I, I, I'm certain that you know he is uh, now under no illusions as to, as to how. Uh, how tough it is to manage in the Premier League. Um, you know, the uh, Rangers. You know, look, he he did superbly well turning around their you know their fortunes. Uh, you know, ending uh, Celtic's 
dominance. Uh, but but at Rangers, you know, he he had every week he had at least the second best team in the division. Um, you know, and and while you know he, there was the de- the demand there is you win every week, you know, and if you don't win, then there are there's a major inquest. You know, you you don't have that kind of uh, competitive balance that you're doing in the Premier League, particularly when at the minute he you know he's got a squad of players who are proving themselves to be you know middle of the pack at best. You know, there's a lot of teams in in the middle of the table. Um, you know, where there's not a lot between them. Um, you know, I think the team in ninth place in the league has got what 32 points, so it's about five points ahead of Villa. Um, you know, there's there's not a lot of difference between the teams in ninth and the teams in seventeenth, eighteenth. You know, in in terms of, um, you know, when when they play each other. Um, you know, and Villa Villa are in that bloated kind of middle pack at the minute, um, but they're not. You know, I think the issue is that they aspire um, to be better, and, and at the minute it just feels like they're they're they're, they're quite some way off uh, where they want to be. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned about this sort of system there and the two tens. And we hear so much about managers, especially managers coming through now. They have this philosophy where they want to play their way, which you know can be commended at times. But like you say, after sort of a little bit of a sticky patch, you know, is it time for, like you say, a little bit? If they've got the, probably got the players for some a bit of tactical fl- flexibility, whether it's two up front or one up front or different formations. I suppose that's something Gerard's going to have to have. In his armory, really. Well, I mean, it's interesting because you've got when you know Buendia is, is probably playing in his favoured position at the minute, um, and and has looked good. Uh, you know, I thought he was. I didn't think he had his best game on Saturday, but but I was a bit surprised that he was the man to come off because he looked out of all the players the most likely to, you know, to to to, to, to unlock the Watford defence. Uh, Coutinho as well. We've, we've seen what he can do in that kind of other kind of number ten position. Uh, out on the left, um, you know, and the strikers look, you know, Watkins and Ings, you know, on paper, you know, should should be doing better than they are. You know, that that comes down to them ultimately. Um, you know, it's they've got to do better. You know, for, for 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 players of their reputation to have only nine goals between them at this stage of the season is is pretty disappointing. The, the issue becomes when you look at someone like Leon Bailey, you know, who's a winger, uh, Bertrand Traore. You know, ostensibly a winger. Um, you know, where do they fit into this kind of system? You know, if you stick with this system, um, you know, and, and and again, that's where you start to look. You know, just just that bit more at some of Villa's you know recent recruitment because you know they were you know, the recruitment after the you know kind of the great escape when Johan Large, Johan Langer first came in was was rightly lauded. You know. Um, but but you look at kind of the recent signings, Sanson last January. You know he can't get on the pitch at the minute. Um, Ings has been you know a bit disappointing. Um, though I thought I thought you know I think that after watching him on Saturday, you know I'd, I'd stick with him at, at Brighton because I think you know the more he plays, you know the sharper he will get. And I thought there was there was a, almost a, a sign of, of a promise there. Um, but but yeah, you look at you know Bailey has been you know hasn't been hasn't been fit hasn't been able to get on the pitch, um, you know, where does you know where 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 does he kind of fit in now, um, and also where where they haven't you know addressed the you know the midfield, um, you know they haven't signed you know Sanson 
okay, they signed, you know, they, they signed Sanson, but he, he's not the kind of the, uh, you know, the defensive midfield presence that they that they really lack. You know, he's not the kind of midfielder that's going to hold it all together. And, and to be honest, having watched him so far, I think you kind of you watch him and you can see he's got a bit of talent, but it's difficult to really know what he is or where he fits in. Um, you know, since you know, since marvelous Nakamba came out, really, you know, you, the, the results have have dipped um, because he is, you know, someone who's disciplined and will sit in front of the defence. Whereas Douglas Louise, who has been playing in that kind of holding role, uh, just doesn't have the same discipline. Um, you know, and he is, you know, too quick to vacate his uh, position. And 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 when Villa then lose the ball. You know, there's pressure immediately on the uh, on the back four. So, um, you know, you look at some of the recent recruitment, and you think, well, why? You know, why have they? Well, we know they wanted to address, you know, the the position in, in January. You know, they 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 went in for Bissouma, um, but really, you feel this is something they should have been looking at more seriously um, yeah. last summer. Um, you know, instead they spent the money they spent they spent money on 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 Bailey. And um, and you're looking at it now and thinking, well, you know, I'm just not quite sure where this guy fits into the, the whole plan. You know, um, Ings signing last summer, I think, is more understandable because, you know, they've gone through the whole season before with just Ollie Watkins and very little cover. You know, Keenan Davis was continually injured. so And they got lucky, really, that, that Watkins, you know, went through the whole season playing every game. Um, but... Um, and if you're going to sign a a backup, then or, or if you're going to sign another striker, then you know Danny Ings is about one of the best you could, best out there you could get. The issue is that they don't seem to be able to play together, so you're immediately going to leave one of them on the bench, and you know they're big players to to leave on the bench. So, so yeah, I mean, I suppose the you know the the the, the longer this goes on without. Uh, Villa turning it around or starting to find some consistent form, which is what they, you know, they haven't. I mean, all they've done all season is consistently, you know, lose. Um, you know, that's what they've done more than anything else. Um, until they start, you know, putting some consistently positive results together, then I start. I think the, the the focus does start to shift a bit between towards some of the players, towards some of the recruitment, because you know, ultimately, you know, Stephen Gerrard. This is his first, you know, mini crisis as as Villa boss, um, but he'll be given time. You know, he's only been in the job three months. You know, and and this will become, you know, quite quickly a, um, you know, a, him making his mind up about some of these players uh, heading towards the summer, and you know, who 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 is good enough for for where you know for where Villa want to get to. But um, you do then wonder about the. You know this long-term strategy that much vaunted long-term strategy that the club have talked about because you know somewhere along the way you start to wonder whether things have have not quite not quite gone right because some of the some of the recent squad building is, is certainly open to scrutiny. Thinking of adoption, we have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council. Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sanwell Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. 
The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community, irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? Visit adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place or, alternatively, you can call 01902 553818. Being an adoptive parent can be challenging, but it also brings great rewards. If you're interested in finding out more, please contact Adoption at Heart today by visiting adoptionatheart.org.uk. And I know you mentioned at the top of the podcast, you know, we've, we've talked heavily about the forward line and, and sort of midfielders and wingers. You know, defensively, they have been quite brittle at times, haven't they? Um, quite weak, really, Aston Villa um, at times this season. You know, do you feel that they're... I know Callum Chambers came in on, on, on Saturday um, and was relatively solid. Do you feel there's sort of change or changes that can be made by Gerard there to, you know, address that? Because as good as your forwards are, you know, if, you, if your defence is leaking goals then you're always going to struggle, I suppose. Well, yes... Um, I, d- I don't think the the, the defence is is a massive issue. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's the biggest issue at present. I mean, you know, Chambers uh, did okay. So you know that I, d- I don't see what changes he really makes in in defence. Um, you know, uh, then Luca Dean's obviously come in to play left back. Matty Cash has had a good season at right back. You know, Martinez, one of the best keepers in the league. Yeah, the centre backs have been, you know, have been questionable this season. I don't think either Tyrone Mings or Ezra Conza have had their, their, you know, their their best seasons. But but I don't see Chambers as an upgrade on uh, Conza. Um, you know, I still think Conza's the better player. And you know, Villa do tend to miss Tyrone Mings when he's not in the team. Um, for all the fact that he's that he's that he's not had a great season, so I don't I don't really see the um, you know I don't I don't I don't think it's particularly an issue with the back five. I think perhaps defensively it's a team thing rather than a you know focus yeah, on the defense. But if, but if you look at it, you look you know they've conceded they've conceded two goals in the last two games and lost both those goals, lost both games. You know the money that Villa invested. In their forward line, in their attacking options, they should be scoring in those games. So, as much as the defensive conceded, you know, one goal in each game, I, th- I would argue against both of those defences, Newcastle and Watford. Villa should be scoring at least once, if not, you know, more than once. You know, what one goal conceded should see you win both of those games with, with the, with the, with the players that you know. I said the players that Villa have got the investment that's gone in, um, you know, so into those areas. So the fact they haven't is, you know, is, yeah, that's that's I think where the where the kind of the, the question questions lie really. Um, but you're right, they do, you know, they, you know, they, they they are a bit too too easy to score against at times, a bit too easy to play against. But I'm not sure it's down to particularly the personnel, um, the back four, and certainly in terms of the personnel that can, um, you know, that, that can do anything about it. You know, this season um, before the next transfer window. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, they had to had to, obviously as we uh, as we said a few times they had to Brighton on the on Saturday. Um, it's Brighton who have who were sitting in, sitting in a, in a decent position, probably looking stronger than they probably ever have in their in their time in the top flight at the moment. And the Graham Potter, they've had a good good season. Um, I think they're two or three places above Villa at the moment. Um, so, like you said, looking at that run of fixtures on paper, Matt. Sort of before it happened, before Newcastle and and Watford, Brighton and and obviously Southampton the following week, which will come after that. Probably out of them all, some people would have arguably said this game was probably the toughest on paper, really, because of the season that Brighton are having. So it's not going to get any easier for Villa. No, absolutely, absolutely. And um, you know they've they've drawn both games at the at the Amex the last two seasons, but been. A little fortunate to to draw both. I, mean, I think it was nil nil last season, and um, it was when Martinez had, had put on a masterclass. Brian had about seven attempts on go- seven shots on goal, and he saved all of them. Um, yeah, I'd never get the feeling that Villa match up particularly well against Brighton. Um, so I think it's going to be a tough game. But but that said, they lost at the weekend. Um, you know, to to Burnley. Um, you know they, they they don't they still have this issue in terms of, of scoring goals, so you know they're not uh, they you know they're not infallible, uh, but Villa you know you know Villa just need to be Villa just need to be better you know they need to uh, is it a case of being clinical Matt obviously looking at stats from Saturday well, yeah. one shot on target from twenty wasn't it I think if Villa can go there and be clinical they'll probably well, yeah. you'd like to think they'll get three points well, no well well yeah but. I mean, a lot of those shots were from outside the box. The, the issue is more the final ball than, yeah. um, than that. I mean, you, you look back on Saturday, and other than Danny Ings hitting the post, um, when I think he was offside anyway, uh, so I think that would have been overturned by VAR had it, had it stood, or I mean, had he, had he scored. Um, you, there weren't too many other, you know, um, glaring, there weren't many glaring misses, you know. There, there weren't, uh, you know, there, there weren't any wonderful clear-cut chances. Um, so, you know, that look, some of the build-up play is quite easy on the eye, um, but they're they're just, it's just breaking down at the crucial moment, and um, yeah, perhaps you know. Well, you know, perhaps they just they are a work in progress. You know, they, they probably can still just about make that excuse, um, and perhaps it will all come together, or perhaps this is just who they are. Um, we're going to find out in the next fourteen matches. Really, I do think it's you know it's, it's there's a good chance that this season is you know is going to be fairly. Although the running for, this, for the end of the season is going to be fairly dull in terms of league position, um, you know there, there might not be a huge amount um, for uh, to get excited about. Um, but I do think it's kind of a big three months for for some of the players in terms of their 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 futures and in terms of proving that they you know that they can be part of where the club wants to go to. Yeah, it's interesting. And just just finally, um, I know it's quite early in the week. You know, can we expect to see? You know, will you would you expect to see many changes on 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 Saturday, Matt, and a mix up in personnel, or or is Gerard sort of, you know, 
Well, this was what, this, along with this foot. This, I know, like we said, managers are quite, you know, set in the formation they want to play in their and their philosophy, which can be commended. You know, obviously he believes that the system he's playing at the moment can get the the best out of these players. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it it's a delicate position, isn't it? Because you don't want to make, you know, you know, you don't want to make too many changes because, um, you know, that annoys people, and you know, if it then goes wrong. Um, you create problems. Um, yeah. Also, you don't want to look like you've kind of panicked and just ditched your uh, philosophy um, at the first sign of trouble. And he kind of alluded to that last week. You know, he wanted to offer players the chance to put things, you know, to right the wrongs of Newcastle. They obviously didn't do that. Um, and I think, you know, kind of last week, there's a lot of talk of well that there'll be there'll be changes. Uh, and he only made one, which was um, obviously dropping. Ollie Watkins and bringing Ings into the eleven, um, which puzzles a few people. I, I, I think I think Conza comes back in. Uh, I think that's probably a, a given. Um, I don't think Chambers has done a, a huge amount wrong in these two games, but um, you know he looks fairly steady. But he, but he looks like a steady backup at centre back rather than you know uh, one of the kind of First eleven. Um, the question marks the midfield. You know, kind of keep banging the uh, same old drum here. That you know, this this is this is where the balance isn't quite right. And and you know, I was a little surprised on Saturday that Douglas Louise kept his place from the week before. Um, you know, I'll be even more surprised if he keeps it um, this week. But but then it it comes down to options. And you know, while he clearly can't play as a, you know, a holding role in the midfield, um, what other options have you got? Um, can can Morgan Sanson do it? I'm not sure. I don't think so. Um, you know, you might see, you just might see Callum Chambers in the team as a defensive midfielder. On uh, on Saturday, you know, he played there for a season with with Fulham. Um, Fulham got relegated, so <laughs> he won their player of the player of the season, and, and you know did did well, and, and and you know I know it's something that Gerald has spoken to him about. So um, I just I just wonder whether whether they might try that because um, you know something needs to change in that something needs to change in that mix. Um, but if you are if you are Morgan Sanson. Um, then you are looking at performances of people like, say, even John McGinn in recent weeks and thinking, well, when am I going to get my chance? Because it does feel like Sanson um, tends to be one of those players that, that tends to come out as soon as uh, they make an error. Now, now McGinn's a, you know, a kind of a, you know, a huge player for, for Villa, and I'm not sure you want to make you know, wholesale changes, but... You know, he's another one that you know needs to needs to find some consistency because he's been, you know, excellent in periods this season, but you know he's also disappointed at other times. So, um, you know, the, the one player who you know who has stood out in Villa's midfield this season is, is Jacob Ramsey, which is great. You know, twenty-year-old lad out of the academy, but when you've invested as much money as Villa have, you know. Then, you know, you, you, you're, expect, others, you're you? expecting some of the, the others to perhaps step up, um, and that's what they need. You know, that is that is what they need. Um, you know, I think, I think, you know, the, the front three probably 
probably stays as it is because I'm, I'm just not sure that that is the um, I'm not sure that was the biggest problem on Saturday I'm really not sure that was the biggest problem I, I thought they did I thought they did okay um, I thought they were promising almost I say they were promising in the first 20 minutes um, but um, but yeah it's um, it's a tricky one yeah it's definitely it's definitely uh, Definitely the first time that he's faced a kind of a major major headache um, at Villa in terms of in terms of what he's going to do because um, you know what's what's worked to an extent up until a couple of weeks ago just just isn't working anymore so um, they need to find a a different way. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see which way Jard goes and if he can find a a solution on Saturday as Villa head to Brighton. So there you go. It's been a a contrast really in the last. Two podcasts. It was very bright and upbeat and excited the last time me and I'm Matt. Not sure, we were that bright and upbeat. Just I'm not more sure excitement we were, I'm not sure more than we were it, or that just bright and upbeat. Just saying that I'm the future sure could be bright. Be that bright. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was more on the future being exciting with the attacking sort of options. I think well, it was on the back yes, of that six-goal yeah. thriller, wasn't it? And that, three, that's, that's, a couple for uh, Ramsey and stuff. But um, but yeah, contrast to. To this week, obviously, a, a bit of concern from, from Villa fans over the last couple of results. But as we say, hopefully they can turn it around and get back on the winning trail at Brighton on Saturday. So thank you very much for listening to the ENS Villa podcast, as always. And for, for your build-up to, to the game for the rest of the week, go to expressandstar.com. So thanks for listening. It's a goodbye from me and goodbye from Matt.